Welcome to Sony News here with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark, joined by Lindsay Jones. Lindsay, hello. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Uh, good. Uh, so just if you listened yesterday, if you're you if you uh took part in that that entry into the canon, you know that the Monday episode that was supposed to go up on Wednesday, which was torpedoed by the Aaron Rodgers trade, uh, no longer happening because so many things have happened in the interim that pretty much everything we said on Monday was dated. So on Monday, you got us giving you the latest on Aaron Rodgers, plus a Travis Kelsey interview. Uh, and then, you know what? We did 40 minutes of uh, of podcasting just for our own happiness. We just love hanging look, out. So we did look, that. You've been on paternity leave. It was nice to just catch up. And, you know, it was some, some reps. reps. For us. I was just keep just keep repping it. Just keep repping it. Um, so now we have an all new fresh episode, everything being recorded today. We're not trying to thread the needle with canned episodes. So here we are. Um, okay. So we have you and I, and then we have Von Miller. And at the top of this episode, Mr. Sauce Gardner, uh, who will react to the Aaron Rodgers trade. Von Miller also reacted to the trade. Um, he had a lot of things to say. He also said, as you just pointed out, he also said very nice things about Russell Wilson. Maybe a little bit stunning. of that was in the past. It was in the past tense, but we have not heard a lot of Russ praise. So that was very nice. It was very nice for everybody. Russ needs a little love. I, there was a thing the other day that he, uh, I don't know if you saw this, he, he drove his golf cart into a sand trap. He, he clarified that he was merely the passenger, but yes, it, uh, it happened that there was if you end up in a sand trap in a, sand in a golf cart. You ended up, there's no real, it's just, I mean, he's been taking you either went into the sand trap or you didn't. He took L's all over the place, including in the metal draft, which is uh, now live at the ringer. So make sure you check that out just everywhere. So it was nice to hear like a positive thing about this guy for once. So what's funny about that is that that Russell Wilson rumor about the sand trap that was eventually confirmed, I believe started on Reddit. And wouldn't you know, there's another Reddit-fueled story in the NFL here on Tuesday. So Tuesday morning, uh, it is revealed that the, a, a, the, the sportsbook Reddit, which I am not ever going to visit or look into. I'll just read the screenshots. I don't ever want to go on the sportsbook Reddit. Um, said that some someone put the uh, someone with a lot of numbers in their name, which all, always establishes credibility, said that. Will Levis telling family and friends is going to number one. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. I don't necessarily believe that. 
But let's back up here. So Vegas odds are usually pretty indicative over the past couple of years of something. And the one sort of thing that that, that kind of sticks in my brain is the Palo Bancaro magic odds, which started to plummet in the days before the draft. And I kept saying, it seems like there's no way the magic are going to draft Bancaro. Nobody was talking about this. Nobody was talking about this. And I went on, Bill and I talked about it. We we're just like, this is kind of weird that the odds keep plummeting. And then wouldn't you know it, Vegas knew and a bunch of NBA reporters didn't. Uh, and by the way, like magic players didn't know. Paolo Bancaro didn't know. Um, it was crazy. He was on Ryan Russell a couple weeks ago talking about that. Franz Wagner was on this show a couple weeks ago talking about that. Vegas somehow knew when like two people in the magic organization knew. Okay. And I do believe that the Levis odds dropping that quickly has something to do with Reddit. But I also believe it has to do with with something else. I don't think Vegas is necessarily, unless there was so much money placed on Levis because of this one post, I don't think Vegas is going to go all all in on that kind of plummet off of just one Reddit post. I don't think that. I, I'm ha- I don't know as much about sports books as other people, but I just reading the tea leaves, whatever. Maybe there's something to it. What I don't really believe is that Will Levis is like in a group chat with his family being like, I just got the phone with Frank Reich. I'm in. I'm in in Carolina. Also, don't. There's not a long history of teams doing that. Like, I remember when Andrew Luck went number one, the Colts didn't tell him until the morning of. Because I remember Ryan Grigson being like, yep, we felt it was fair to call Andrew Luck and tell him he's the first overall. That was on Thursday morning, not over the weekend and then telling a Redditor. Yeah, it's not something that happens in the era of the rookie wage scale. Um, it used to happen right. Longer they used ago to have to start where, negotiate the Jake Long negotiate the contract thing. Yeah, because they wanted to know that if we draft this guy, we we can start the negotiations that he's gonna, you know, we're gonna be able no, to get a deal out. done and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen anymore. Um, and I think there's some TV influences there too. You know, the NFL, ESPN, all the networks like do not want this stuff spoiled, even when. We kind of know what's going to happen. I mean, this is this is great for the NFL. It, it we have all seemed set for a few days now that Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick. It still seems very likely that Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick, but this is the dream scenario. We're three days out, and all of a sudden, or two days out now, it's Tuesday, and now there's all this new speculation. So whether this is betting market manipulation, which it it certainly could be, whether this is you know there's some smoke here that people are starting to talk. It makes it really fun, and it's going to make these last 40 hours before the draft um, much more exciting than it would be when there was 100% certainty about what was going to happen at the top. This is such a chaotic draft because there aren't enough good players. As we talked about on the now infamously canned episode, um, 15 to 17 first-round grades, according to a lot of people, Brandon Bean was asked directly how many first-round grades he had, and he said, I won't tell you, but it's not great, which leads me to believe it's around 15 to 17, that number that keeps getting repeated a lot by NFL insiders. The fact that that's happening, I think it's more chaotic because teams are going to say, screw it. And if teams are at 18, and they're like, you know what? We don't really like any of these guys. There's going to be reaches. There's going to be trades. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be maybe you trade the pick for a veteran. I'm just saying when you don't have... the the chalkiest drafts are the ones with the most talent in it because you just say, okay, we're going to take the eighth best player at eight and then everything goes from there. So I think we could see some real fireworks on Thursday because of the lack of talent. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I think that the most exciting drafts now are when trades happen and trades almost exclusively when it involving draft prospects almost exclusively are happening for quarterbacks or at least the good trades. Bad teams um, tend to trade up to take non-quarterbacks 
that will that will happen from time to time. But the fireworks happen when teams want to move for a quarterback. And given that this class has four quarterbacks who probably have first round grades and then Hendon Hooker, who probably doesn't have first round grades, but teams might want to try to get back into the first round to get him to get his fifth year option, given that his rookie year is going to be um, basically a red shirt year because of his injury. We sh- we might see some really exciting movement of teams that are going to be desperate to get up to get one of those quarterbacks, especially if Anthony Richardson starts to fall or CJ Stroud starts to fall, which was uh, kind of the new speculation out there. And a lot of the, the latest mock drafts from, you know, the, the, the really well-respected folks around the league. So Thursday night shaping up to be um, really, really interesting. Are you more interested now in what the Panthers are going to do? Like, are you watching David Tepper a little more closely and Frank Reich and what's going to happen there at number one? Oh, I've been watching David Tepper closely (laughs) for a long time. Um, And again, made some good points on on Monday. We should just talk about the Monday episode like it was the greatest episode of all time. Just like the legendary, every it was circulated around the office and everybody was like, this is the best podcast that's ever been released. And then we just never, there's an old story about one of the Simpsons writers and David Letterman wrote a movie in the 70s and then they all got busy doing their own stuff. And it's considered like the best comedy script of all time and and like 15 people have seen it like we should just do that with the monday episode like sure. richie's just gonna start floating I, I i once heard a story that there's someone i know in hollywood told me that or sorry someone i know who's adjacent to the entertainment industry said there's a trick in hollywood where like six months before a movie this you can't use this all that often but you can do it sometimes maybe every couple of years that you just start floating that a movie is the best movie of all time just to get the buzz going. Because no one's going to share like, oh man, this new Matt Damon movie is supposed to be pretty good. But if you hear rumors from the set that this is the best movie of all time, you're going to repeat that. I heard someone told me that like the someone involved with the movie Gravity was doing that. They were just floating that Gravity was like the best movie of the modern era, like six months before it came out, just to get the buzz I mean, going. I say this stuff happens and like, it happens in the draft cycle. Right. Where you, you start hearing buzz about guys. And now we're talking about Caleb Williams is going to be maybe the best quarterback. I mean, maybe not of all time, but we're putting that out there for next year. They're doing it this year. They're comping Bryce Young to Steph Curry. (laughs) All right, let's get to Von Miller. All right, Von Miller. Uh, future Hall of Fame, pass rusher, one of the best players of his era, two-time guest on Slow News Day, and most importantly, besides the fact he's here with the Pennington Flip the Turf campaign, which we're going to get to, Lindsey Jones covered him in Denver, and now it's a little reunion. What's going on, Von Miller? Howdy, guys. Um, it's the off season, you know, working out, trying to get better. Um, it's, a, it's a great time. Draft is coming up, so exciting time uh, for the league as well. Let's get to the draft here, because the last time we talked during the season, you talked about how when you're, you know, obviously you you get injured, you have time on your hands. So you're talking to Brandon Bean more, getting more into the scouting process and understanding it. You've gone through it. You were a top pick, top two, top two pick, obviously in the lockout year was very strange and, and probably a different type of year than most people are used to. But going through it, Vaughn, what's one thing you think would surprise most people about the draft process? Besides, like, uh, you know, all the uh, notoriety, besides, like, all the workouts you have to do, besides, you know, all the meetings, and it being an exciting time, you know, for all of these guys, uh, you know, getting ready to go into the National Football League, I would want, you know, the young guys to be more aware of, 
their well-being and their player safety, you know, coming into the league and the type of power that they truly have as players in the National Football League. Um, I, I would want guys to um, be more aware of the, the facilities that they play in, the facilities that they work in, um, and, and, of course, you know, the fields that they play on. And I'm here with uh, Pennington today and the uh, and the Flip the Turf campaign to uh, to really raise awareness about the uh, type of dangers of playing on on um, artificial turf and to flip all the turf, all the all the artificial turfs to natural turfs as well. Hey, I want to ask about that because the NFLPA a couple of weeks ago came out with a report card and basically, you know, and I'm sure you saw it. Everybody saw it about different facilities and, and, you know, different amenities that each team has. Do you think we're getting to a place now where the conversation has shifted and players are saying like, okay, it's ridiculous. This team doesn't have childcare. It's ridiculous that this team is charging for, for uh, cafeteria food after 5 PM or whatever. Didn't that conversation change a little bit, Vaughn? Yeah. I, you know, and of course it always be things that, you know, the players and the owners don't see eye to eye. I'm like, I get right. it. Like, if, I, if I'm an owner, like, it, and it just depends on the type of owner and the type of environment and the type of organization that they run. But I can totally see owners, you know, um, really prioritizing or, other things other than facilities and prior, prior to, prioritizing other things that they have going on than player safety. I, I totally get it. But we can always have arguments about, you know, child care and this and that. But I, I feel like the number one thing that we should have is lifetime health insurance. That on the next CBA or whenever we have an opportunity to put that in, that's just one thing that we can't go without. Um, you see the um, the DeMar Hamlin situation, my teammate, um, on national television, to not have lifetime health care to deal with some of the issues that may arise from that in um, the future is is crazy to me. And I, and I get like, you know, I'm putting on my owner's hand and I'm looking at it from my owner's point of view. Just because you make it in the National Football League does not mean that you get lifetime health insurance. I, I get that. But I feel like over a point in time for these guys that are playing six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, it should definitely become an option and a possibility for those players. Wow, that's a, it's a great point. Um, do you think that and this is not what I was going to ask, but you, you brought up the DeMar Hamlin thing. You obviously, you were injured at that point, but there's 52 guys, 53 guys who, who were watching that um, from the sideline and, and, and no DeMar and, and still no DeMar and, and were around it. Do you think that changed the way some guys on your team or even you view football? Um, no, I mean, I always know it's a possibility. You know? And I've seen, you know, uh, this game, uh, I've seen it from a, a, a violent point of view for a very long time. So um, to see it on national television and, you know, for him not to get up right away or him uh, not to put the, give the thumbs up on the, the stretcher or any of those things are, you know, um, it doesn't matter how long you play in a game. Those moments are always affectionate. You know, thank God he's all right. Thank God he bounced back. I, I think, uh, you know, it was um, a lot of positive that, that came from that situation. The whole football world, the whole sport, Sports world, really the whole world really, you know, um, came together all for DeMar Hamlin. It was beautiful to see everybody together and all the love come from that. So um, very, very tough situation, but thank God he's going to be all right. And he's back on the team, back working out now. Switching gears back to the football real quick um, before we get to Aaron Rodgers, who I really want to talk about. Um, but when you're putting your scouting hat back on, um, when you're watching pass rushers, you prioritize what in the draft? Um... Like, I really like sack daddies. Um, and a sack daddy, a sack daddy, a sack daddy is a guy that just gets sacks. You know, if you get sacks in college, um, in that environment, you're going to get sacks in the league. It doesn't, 
you know, it's harder for players that have never had that, that uh, have never gotten sacks in college to really develop into that player. And it happens. You know, you see guys like J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald, but those guys are anomalous. Um, for me, if I'm, if I'm looking at a pass rusher, it doesn't matter if he's six foot seven or five foot seven. Like, if he has an ability to get off the ball quickly and get to the quarterback, um, those guys are tend to be sack daddies in the NFL as well. Hey, Vaughn, we know that you are um, starting to plan for your next career as a general manager eventually, uh, you know, way down the line after your career ends. And you played for a former player who turned into a general manager. John Elway was the guy that drafted you. And, um, you know, in studying who John was as a GM, he was always really good at selecting defensive players, right? He looked for the guys that he had a hard time playing against. When you're looking from your, you're putting your scouting hat on, what do you, what do you look for in opposing quarterbacks? And when you look at this draft class, which do you think of these quarterbacks maybe have the best chance to make it in the NFL based on, you know, what's the hardest to defend? You know, sometimes with quarterbacks, you just, you just never know. Um, that's totally different from the sack days. Like you just, you just <laughs> never know. Obviously, you know, obviously, it's, it's one or two quarterbacks every year where you just you just know. You just, you know, you look at C.J. Stroud or, or you look at Bryce Young, and you just know, like, these guys are going to have a good time. Um, but I think, uh, you know, all the other players, just you just never really know. And I think um, free agency for me would be one of the areas where I, like, where I, where I hang my head. Um, free agency would be a spot where I, I go um, and find vets to really build my team up, the waiver wire. These are these are areas where I would build my team up because in the draft you just you never really know and you know if you're on a great team you won't even have those type of picks but whenever you had an opportunity to draft these guys my my motto is to always pick the best player available it could be an offensive guard it could be a kicker a punter even I would never take like, I would never draft I lose my job quick if I if I draft a kicker but um, <laughs> no but I, I you know I um. You know, I'm all about just just picking great players and the ones that just jump off at you, whether it's a, a cornerback, a wide receiver, an offensive lineman. You know, I, I feel like we should build our team around those draft picks. Um, really, uh, our foundation of our team would be free agents and guys that we pick out waiver wire. And, of course, you know, you have to have a great quarterback. And finding great quarterbacks for me, I'm always taken back to the players, like like you said with John Elway, that I've been around it, I've admired the Peyton Manning's. Josh Allen's, the Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, I, I really like Derek Carr and, you know, who he was as a leader on and off the football field. And I, I think I would just um, lean on some of my experiences with, with all of these players, even though you you would never find a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen, but I, I would lean on some of the traits that they have and try to find those traits and, you know, young quarterbacks and all the young great players that are coming up. Broad question. Most frustrating quarterback to ever play against? Was it, I mean, obviously – lining up against Patrick is a nightmare lining up against Peyton in practice is probably a nightmare where you just don't know where he's going. It's getting the ball out of his hands quickly. First of all, who, who was that to you or who has that been for you? I think, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, when he was with Seahawks and in the glory days, nobody wanted to play Russ. No, nobody wanted to play Russ, man. Um, you know, he was a, a, a running quarterback, still is a running quarterback, but his, his intention is to get the ball down the field as far as possible, just like Patrick Mahomes, just like Josh Allen. And, um, you know, I've played Russ multiple times throughout the years, and nobody nobody wants to play a, a Russell Wilson. So he was one of those guys that that, um, that nobody wanted to play. Um, I think Kyler Mary is one of those guys that don't want to play. I'm a passer. I want to get to the quarterback. Right. And right when I get to the quarterback, I want to just lay down. Like, 
a Peyton Manning or an Eli Manning. You know, that's what I want. I, I don't want the guy to see me coming and, and, you know what I'm saying, shift and run around. I want the guy, when I get there, I want him to be like Philip Rivers and just, you know, take the L and get back up and start a new play. When you're playing against Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, a Kyle Mary, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, these guys are tough to play because they can uh, – they're very elusive. They can avoid you and still they get the ball down to they make big plays. So let's back up here. So the Manning brothers would just take the L? Um, you know, I got one sack on Eli, but yeah, Eli's gonna lay down for you. Um, he's he's gonna, he's gonna lay down for you. You know, Peyton, you know, Peyton, he's gonna lay down for you. You gotta think why. And then I'm thinking like, you know, if my son would be a quarterback, I would I would want him to be like that as well. Like, why why would I try to extend this play? I got two defenders in my face. Why would I try to extend this play? And I end up getting hurt, and now I'm I'm useless to my team. Like, just go ahead and lay down, and let's play again. Is there a player like that who who's not fleet of foot, but they wouldn't take the L and they would just kind of stand up? Is there the opposite of the Mannings of the Phillip Rivers? Yeah, yeah. So Joe Barrow is like that. <laughs> Joe Barrow is like that. He's, he's not going to take the L. Um, Patrick Mahomes is not going to take the L. Um, uh, Josh Allen is definitely not going to take the L. He's a good <laughs> guy. Um, Tua, oh man, Tua is, Tua, is, Tua is extremely tough to get. Um Ooh. Now we got now we got Aaron Rodgers in the division. He's always been tough to get. And the thing about Aaron Rodgers is he just has this ability to be to look to really have all his, all his attention on you and still looking down the field at the same time. So mm. quarterbacks that are that are able, even though they're not like elusive and you know, or they're not just going to run past you, even though you know Aaron Rodgers will still do that stuff. But Aaron Rodgers is special because. He has his attention on you and where you're rushing, and he has his attention down the field and the DBs and everybody else. And it's only been a few quarterbacks that have been able to do it. So Aaron Rodgers obviously is the big news in the NFL now that that trade is finally done. He is coming to the AFC East. You're going to get to play him two times Twice a year, year, assuming that you're uh, you're you're ready to go this season. What do you like about playing him, and how does it change the complexion of that division now? I mean, the division's already tough. Jets were already a tough team. You know, we lost to the Jets, you know, once last year, and they played us tough in the second game, you know, without their starting quarterback. And they played the whole, they played the whole league tough. Um, won a lot of games that people didn't expect them to play. Defense is phenomenal. Um, they have all types of players from, from Quinn Williams to South Gardner. And the offense, their offense is great too. You know, they, they had two big time offensive linemen that were hurt and they were still competitive, you know, without those guys. So you add Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback into that mix. And it's just going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough AFC East division, and that's what we want. You know, um, you know, you live to play in those primetime games. You're not going to get – you know, nobody's going to watch a primetime game if you play on the third-string quarterback and team that all beat up. You know, you want to play great teams like the New York Jets will be and, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills will be and the, the Patriots have gotten better and the Miami, the Miami Dolphins, like, they, they, they're crazy last year as well. So it's a tough division, and it's what you want. I, I want to play in a competitive division. I want to play in the big time games. I want all the light to be on the games that we play in because that's what playing pro sports is all about. I know you've got quite a jersey collection. Was Aaron Rodgers still kind of your white whale? Have you ever been able to get his jersey? No, I, I haven't got. I haven't got Aaron Rodgers jersey. We talked about <laughs> it many, many times. Um, you know, he just changed. He's just one of those guys. He's just a different guy on the football field. You know, like, yeah. you're working out with him. We work out in LA together. It's like, yeah, man, I'll get you dirty. Uh, you get on the field, and it's like, oh, it's, you, you can just tell, like, no, nah, I'm not getting the jersey today. You know, especially like last year with all the adversity that he was going through with with the Green Bay Packers. You know, everybody's on his back about this and that. I, you know, I just, I didn't, 
I would I, I wasn't even gonna ask for that jersey name, but that would be one that I would that I would love to get for sure. Amazing. All right, you mentioned it earlier. Tell us what we're doing with Pennington. I'm here with uh, Pennington, the Flip the Turf campaign. Um, um, I'm all about player safety. Um, I'm all about guys being able to play as long as possible. Um, if that means, uh, you know, if that means changing the rules so we can't tackle a certain way, if that, if that means uh, changing helmets, if that means um, all the artificial turfs um, becoming natural turf, I'm, I'm all for it. And there's uh, data out that shows uh, playing on um, on artificial turf is just is more dangerous than, than playing on, on natural turf. Injuries are going to care. This game is already is already tough. Like things are going to happen. I don't want um, I don't want me to be injured because of the surface that I'm playing. Um, I think those are all things. I think those are all things that we can avoid, and that's why I'm here with Pennington and, and the Pennington Flip the Turf campaign. Amazing. Von Miller, thank you for coming back to the phone today, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Sauce Gardner, one of the best young players in the NFL, one of the best players in the NFL after last year. He works, he plays, I guess works, for the New York Jets. Uh, he is here with Call of Duty. Sauce, what's going on, man? Uh, what's going on? How you doing? I'm I'm excited uh, to talk about Aaron Rodgers, who was your new teammate after yesterday. Um, nice timing here. Uh, let's start here. When you play against Aaron Rodgers, and you did last year, famously you take the cheese head uh, and parade around in, a, in an image that is roughly one million Jets fans' Twitter avatar at this point. What stood out about how annoying he was to play against, what he did, how he manipulated the defense? You guys obviously won, but going against him was like what, Sauce? I mean, uh, it was a lot of, like, film study that I had to do, not just me, but the whole defense. Yeah. You know, he's so deceptive. You know, he's he's been around for a long time. He's won multiple MVPs. So, you know, um, it wasn't one of those games where I could just game plan against the receiver. I had to you know, game plan against him as well. And uh, it was a pretty tough task. You know, even though I had a, a pretty good game, it was it was harder than, than many may think. Can you take me through that real quick? Is that, that, that piqued my interest. What, when you're game planning against a quarterback and not just a receiver, what does that entail? Man, you got to just, you got to look at everything. So in certain formations, you got to try to see if you got to beat on, you know, where he want to um, throw the ball to, you know, on third downs, you know, that's the money down. You got to see, like, what receiver, you know, do we want to throw it to the most? Because nine times out of ten, that's who's going to get the ball. So, you know, those are just a couple of the things that I look for. Who was the toughest quarterback that wasn't Rodgers you played last year? Um, I'll probably say Josh, Josh Allen. You know, um, mm-hmm. he a guy that extends those plays, you know. Mm-hmm. He's got to defend the second down and the second play when you're going against uh, Josh Allen. Um, so let's let's go through the timeline here. You found out about the trade officially yesterday. How? 
I kind of had a feeling like it was going to happen before the draft, but I actually found I found out at the barbershop. What? Yeah, I was at the barbershop. You know, my barber, Alex, he was cutting my hair, and um, he was talking about, like, yeah, when is Aaron Rodgers' situation going to happen? I was like, man, I don't know when it's going to happen. Next thing you know, he just looked up on the TV. And it just said, just finalized a trade with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, then they got to going crazy in there. You know what I mean? Wait, so you couldn't move? You're getting your haircut, so it's not like you can move around. You probably like, were you? Did you need? Did you need a second from the haircut? Uh, yeah, I need a little second. I ain't gonna lie, I need a little <laughs> second. What was your first thought? I mean, you know, me and A Rod, we was chop. We've been chopping it up a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so like, I always knew that he wanted to be a Jet. You know, we was just always chopping it up. It was just a matter of when it happened. You know, I was just excited that it happened, but. You know, I always knew it was going to happen. Let's go through one more question here about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you guys have had the last, the longest, excuse me, playoff drought in American professional sports. Uh, you've only been there for one year about that, for, for that, but it's been over a decade. The Sacramento Kings were the previous longest drought that ended this year. Obviously, they had a culture change. They had a team change. The expectations, the moment Aaron Rodgers joins the team, which is it's only been 24 hours, the expect- expectations change how, Sauce? Is this a playoff team this year? Does the drought end this year? Oh, yeah, most definitely. We was a playoff team last year. You know, we just, we didn't finish like we like we were supposed to. You know what I mean? But with A-Rod joining and a few more new pieces, you know, that just makes it, like, you know, easy. The drought's over. The drought's over. I, 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 I agree. Like, even if he plays as an average you know, he's going to play better, better than average, obviously. But even if he's just okay, it's a playoff team. You look at last year, the defense, the skill guys, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm completely in agreement with you. Um, all right. Going through the draft process a year ago uh, today, basically, uh, you learned what about the NFL going through the process, meeting with all of these teams? What surprised you about that process? I pretty much knew everything. You know, I was... I always knew, like, from other people. I never experienced it. Like, one of the main things was, like, it's not just football. Like, when you're going through that process, that draft process, they want to see what type of person you are. You know what I mean? They're looking for the the little things. You know what I mean? So that's probably the main thing I learned during the uh, the draft process. When you say little things, what are some of those little things that people wouldn't know that that teams are looking for? It's not little, but it's not football. When you were athlete. Just thinking like football, football, football. They trying to see the way you carry yourself, the way you treat everyone. You know, not just the coaches, the way you treat the janitor, the way you treat the way you treat your professors, everything like that. You know, those not little things, but you know, you know how it is when you're a football player. You just think mm-hmm. as long as you're good at football, that's all that matters. But you know, when it comes to the draft process, you know that's that's just part of it. When did you realize Jets fans were different? You get here. And obviously, I mean, I, I think Jets fans are unique, even among the 32 fan bases, even among the New York. I mean, I, I live in the New York area. Even among New York sports fans, they're a different type of fan. When did you realize Jets fans were different, Sauce? I mean, I remember when I first got drafted, you know, when I when I just seen them in the stadium, they were all so rowdy and, you know, excited that I was going to become a New York Jet. You know, so I always knew they had that energy. But when I seen... Um, how electric they were you know, on Sundays. That's what won me over the most. Man. So, you know, they always welcome me with open arms and they so supportive. You know, I always appreciate them. 
tell me about playing in such a young, fast defense and what that what that means, how much uh, makes your life easier, and just the talent you you have around yourself right now, Sauce, on defense. Uh, that's great to just play with a young defense. You know, like you said, you know, we're going to be moving fast. That's what you expect out of a young defense, you know, flying around the, flying around the field, getting to the ball. You know, it's, we just have a lot of energy when we're out there. You know what I mean? And uh, we just feel like we could just finish the whole game, you know, since we're young and since we're just so hungry. Uh, can you take me through, you know, you're here with Call of Duty. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. You know, I, I, someone said this the other day, a scout, and they were talking about how, how video games are the hobby for every single player right now who comes in the draft. And it's very rare that there isn't a guy who wants to just go home and game. Um, what the connection is when young guys get together, and there's just a lot of gaming now. Uh, it, you know, after, after you guys leave the facility, what's that like? And, and who are your teammates that you, uh, you play video games with? You know, my teammates, one of the main guys is Aston, Aston Davis. He plays yeah. safety. He's pretty good like me. You know what I mean? Um, he play uh, Quinn, Quincy, yeah. Jermaine Johnson. Uh, Brees just started playing. Gary plays. Like, it's all the guys pretty much play. All the guys pretty much play uh, Warzone, Call of Duty. You know what I mean? So, I always grew up. I always grew up playing Call of Duty. And, um, it was just a blessing to be able to come to the Call of Duty suite last year. You know, that's when it all started. And, you know, uh, you know I did my thing. You know, they had um, a two-minute challenge, see how many kills, uh, who can get those kills. And, you know, um, I ended up, you know what happened after that. When Franz Wagner was on this show for Call of Duty, the Magic star, I'm a huge Magic fan. But uh, when he was on, he was talking about how he likes to game and he likes to play Call of Duty because a lot of his friends – are elsewhere in the world, friends from home or whatever, and you can still get that connection. Is that you too, where you can just hop on and play w- with friends from home and it'll be it'll be like you guys never left? Yeah, that's exactly how it is. You know, it's not one of them things where you hop on and it's all, don't get me wrong, we we trying to win every game. You know what I mean? So it is competitive. We want to get the most kills. We want to win. But, you know, it's just like we're in person. You know, we having those great vibes, joking a lot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, it's, as equivalent as if we were in person for real for the most part all right sauce gardner thank you so much for coming on slow news day we appreciate you